You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. What can we learn about a city through its literary community? The authors, the writers, the readers, the bookstores, the libraries, and the book clubs. The BBC Public Broadcasting in the United Kingdom is doing that very thing, looking at cities around the globe through a literary lens. This week, they're here in Detroit. And joining us now to talk about that work is Nicola Holloway. She's a producer of Open Book on BBC Radio 4, which is a weekly UK books program. She's in town producing a show called World Book Cafe, which looks at cities through their literary communities. Nicola, welcome to Detroit Thank Today. You. Hello. Thank you. Also here is uh, Nicole Christian, a writer and Detroit native, author of Canvas Detroit. She's worked in the past with Inside Out Literary Arts and WDET, among many other organizations. Nicole, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. So, Nicola, Nicola uh, I think this is uh, a fascinating. Uh, this is a fascinating idea. The, the the idea that you can learn uh, a lot about cities by looking at their literary communities. Detroit, of course, is a place that has a very active literary community. It doesn't get a ton of national or international attention. Um, first, tell me about Open Book and World Book Cafe, and then tell me why you picked Detroit. Well, World Book Cafe is a new strand to the uh, to, to the World Service, which is exploring cities through their literary culture. Open Book only goes out in the UK, and that's a, a magazine program, what we would call magazine program, where we talk to writers and authors about new books. But we're here in Detroit because... We hope, we think, we believe that Detroit is a city that is rich in stories, um, that you've had such a fascinating and also very concentrated history. When I was researching the program, it struck me that so much has happened in a relatively short span of time. Yes. And really, who better to unpick those histories and those stories and untangle what's going on in the city now than the people who live here and write here and whose work is inspired by everything that happens here, positive and less positive and all the grist that the city stories give to writers. So yeah. we're hoping that storytellers tonight are going to, and on air, are going to help us unpick Detroit and the stories that, that live here. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some of the other communities where you've done this. Uh, what, what are the things that you learn about those places through their literary communities that you wouldn't learn uh, by looking at them, you know, through or tourist uh, destinations or, or other more conventional ways? Well, we went to Berlin last year and we have just recorded a program in Beirut mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I think um, lots of writers in general around the world are very much at a grassroots level. They're working with often, I mean, both in Beirut and in Berlin, we talked to people who were working with refugee, refugees and immigrants, helping them to tell their stories, not only as a means of it, of telling a story, but also a means of trying to understand what had happened to them, putting together their world again. Mm -hmm. So I think writers are often embedded in the community, partly, and also writers are often fantastically observant people because they have to be. They're basically magpies stealing material the whole time. <laughs> I'm not one myself, so I can be rude about them. They are there, you know, cherry picking plots and, and conversations and, mm -hmm. and eavesdropping on tubes and well, not the tube here, but on the, on the queue. <laughs> we wish we had a tube. I know. <laughs> I've been on the queue now, so I can say that with confidence. Um, and that, so they're the best people at kind of getting underneath what's happening. They're not the people they may not, you know, be talking about strategy of planning or the best 
you know, tourist sites, but they know the undercurrents and the eddies that are happening around the city. And that, I think, is why they're an interesting introduction to it. And also because cities give back to writers. Yes. Writing is of place, often. Even if you, even if a novel or a poem is not literally about the place, it's all often informed and inspired. So that's, it's a two-way conversation that writers have. And I think that's something we want to explore on the programme. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, uh, Detroit, as you and I know really well, is a place where place really matters. Uh, it matters to us, but I think it also matters in the way that we tell our stories to to other people. Um, talk about the story that can be told through, I guess, the authors and writers and the literary scene here about Detroit. Is it different than the narrative we see uh, in, in the New York Times, for instance, over the last five years, which has spent a lot of time writing about our city and what's happening? Uh, would we see something different if we looked at that literary community? You know, I think there's a natural tendency to try to figure out a singular narrative for this place because it's been written in such a, on the surface, it's been written in complex ways, but it's been really simplistic, you know, mm -hmm. down, out, never coming back, the armpit <laughs> of America. But I think the thing about right, the thing about the writers who are here, what they are able to show and what they are able to give just through observation is that it's not a singular narrative. It never has been, never will be. And it's not just a town of industry. You know, it's a town of grit that is actually through a lot of, it shows up in a lot of different places through the arts. It shows up even in the beleaguered school systems. Writers see things and they, we've just never given enough of a quote unquote microphone to the people um, who write. And it's never been seen as a literary town, but through poetry, through nonfiction, through novelists who whose names are storied, um, We've seen a different Detroit, and I think there's also this thing that happens to writers in Detroit that you get, this is obligatory education process that you have to participate in, uh -huh. but I think we get to tell a different story now. You don't just have to tell the story of coming back. There are things that have always been here, and they've never moved. And and is there something about Detroit that's sort of difficult to convey through the written word? I mean, you and I have worked as journalists yeah. here trying to tell the story of the city in that sort of exigent uh, you know, <laughs> everyday deadline kind of uh, of writing. But if you, um, you know, if you sort of take a step back, I guess, and are a poet or an author, uh, is there something about this place that's sort of hard to tell or hard to convey through those through those those media? You know, I like to look at it a different way. Maybe because I've gotten a little older. I don't think it's hard. I think it, Detroit challenges the hell out of you in the sense that if you don't, re this is a place, if you respect people, the people will respect you. You'll learn mm -hmm. things, but you have to challenge yourself to go beyond those lines. You mm -hmm. have to challenge yourself to say, I'm going to look beyond the stereotype that's been served to me for decades. I'm going to look beyond what the New York Times, what the Washington Post and all these people have weighed in on and said Detroit is. If you're willing to go there, Detroiters will shock you at every every level. So is it hard? Yeah, I think it is hard because believing a stereotype is real easy. Yeah, yeah. There, there's easy. there's this uh, there's this narrative around authenticity that we mm -hmm. get really caught up in yeah. in Detroit. Who's telling a, a real story? Who's telling yeah. the the sort of uh, true story of Detroit? Yeah. And then you know if if you're deemed somebody who's not doing that, you could be in a lot of trouble around well, here. Well, when you've been forced <laughs> to sit in a corner, I mean, Detroit's kind of like in America, you've been forced to sit in a corner for so long, you do develop a kind of chip on your shoulder. You mm -hmm. want to come out and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. I'm bigger, I'm better than what you think. And if America really opened its eyes, everything that this country has been struggling with is sort of writ large here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Every social issue, every it's all here. We just don't want to look because looking requires a level of curiosity that all, demands engagement, human engagement. Nicola Holloway, uh, tell us uh, about the people who will tell our story uh, on your program. Yeah, well, Nicole's chairing the discussion for me tonight, mm -hmm. which is great. So she's our presenter tonight. We're also going to be joined by Jessica Caremore, mm -hmm. Nandi Comer, Peter Marcus, who's mm -hmm. a rare novelist in Detroit. You, uh -huh. you make a lot of poets, but I, you haven't <laughs> made a lot of novelists. Um, uh, Deontay Oseandi and Annie Spence, who's written a very funny book about uh, the light. She works in Grace Point Library, and she's written a very funny book of love letters to the books on her library shelves, huh. um, where the books almost become people. And I think she really, in this book, captures that sense that the most... the, the the most loved books in your in one anyone's library become almost like friends and then you're let down when you go back and reread them and you're not they're not quite as good as you thought they were <laughs> or you forget the bit that you didn't like in the middle so she's going to talk a little bit about that book and also about working in libraries and the work that she's doing through the the library system in Detroit so yeah. she's bringing that that knowledge to bear so it's a mix and then you know we've got uh, we're at, you know we've got other writers hopefully coming in who might chip chip in I'm hoping. <laughs> Nicola had a really hard, I think she had a hard job. She had to pick a cast of writers yeah, in the city. Right. There are a lot of writers in the city. New York, All the way from London yeah. as well. <laughs> right. I was phoning them from London. So. Well, I mean, you've got, a, you've got a really interesting range there, too. Good, I, mean, I hope a, so. There's a real diversity of, of approach and, and style, uh, but also genre. I well, I really felt a, when I was um, phoning, because, you, you, you know, you, you start this process and you just, literally start googling and phoning and googling and phoning and talking and talking to people and I really <laughs> felt that you know I was thinking in terms of a panel of Nicole plus four people four guests and it felt like it wasn't going to cover the waterfront here <laughs> that I needed to start thinking about other people other yeah. voices you know because it did seem a very wide and various literary scene when you know that was the impression I was getting and continue to get now that I'm here yeah. but yeah. Um, how, how did you come up with the idea for this this project in general of World Book Cafe yeah. it's it's something that we develop because I work in in BBC Radio where we we make lots of different books programs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. including one called uh, World Book Club which travels around the world interviewing authors around the world and so this is a sort of companion piece rather than talking to just one writer in their home city uh, about one novel, uh -huh. um, we felt like there was more to explore if we were traveling. And it, it it was born of, you know, the best sort of chats over cups of coffee. And yeah, yeah we should do that. We should do that. <laughs> and then uh, luckily, someone at the World Service also thought we should do it and yeah. paid for me to, you know, paid for us, paid for the program. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the best kind of idea, which was a sort of organic one. Well, it's really great that uh, that you've chosen Detroit. As, we're uh, very pleased to be here. It's yeah. been great so far. Yeah, we're really looking the story forward continues. to it. Yes, right? <laughs> it always does. Okay, Nicola Holloway, who is the producer of Open Book on BBC Radio 4, a weekly UK books program. Thanks for being here on Thank Detroit Today. Me. And Nicole Christian, always great to see you. It's great to Good see you. Good luck at the, uh, at the event, uh, the Thank BBC you. event. Okay, that's going to do it for us today and for this week. I will be back on Monday. I hope you will, too. Remember, if you had to step away from your radio for any reason, you don't have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. Just go to iTunes or wherever it is you download podcasts. Download and subscribe 
to Detroit Today, and you can take us with you and listen when you are ready. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan, and our associate producers are Ziad Butch and Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. Uh, we will be back next week with more of Detroit Today. We will see you then. Also, uh, you can go to WDET.org and help shape the political coverage that we will offer you here to the, this year at uh, WDET. Remember, lots of things on the ballot in both August and November. We will be chronicling all of those things. You can help us decide which things are most important. Just go to WDET.org, answer a short survey, and watch the coverage reflect the answers that you give. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you on Monday.